0: Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network.
1: Live from WCOK Studios in Lesby Gay Falls, it's the 6 o'clock news. Good evening out there and welcome to this special report. I am Steve Cox. We start tonight with a breaking story as the town of Lesby Gay Falls is having, dare I say, some... Interesting weather.
2: Bringing us this report is our correspondent on the street, Dick Bentley. Dick, what's going on? Thanks, Steve. To say, to say the weather today is uh, interesting is definitely an understatement. I am over here by the Lesby Gay Town Hall, and um, all I can say is this is the strangest weather pattern I have ever seen in my career. I am here with some locals that I'm hoping can explain uh, explain this, this this phenomenon to me. Uh, excuse me. Uh, uh, ladies, ladies, can, can you explain what's going on with our weather here today? No 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 wait, can you repeat yourself?
0: It's raining! Now.
2: Indeed, that's what I thought. Men are literally, and dare I say, sexily falling from the sky. Back to you, Steve.
1: Wow, thanks for that report, Dick. That is shocking indeed. I guess all I have to say is it's episode 83. Weather is terrifying.
2: I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom.
0: I'm Marjorie Green, and I approve this message to save America, stop socialism, and stop China. Stay the we ought to from life to death to <laughs> Horror in real life. Nice. Doubters, the doomsters, the gloomsters, they are going to get it wrong. Horror right, in the movies. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to run? Where are you going to hide? Nowhere no one like you left what do we want justice when do we
2: want it yeah! let's go what are you waiting for huh? what are you waiting for
0: i want you to know that the movement we started is only just beginning sometimes that is better We had beautiful weather here for this weekend, mostly sunny skies and highs in the upper 80s. Overnight tonight, partly cloudy, mild, with those temperatures dropping down into the mid-70s. Now we've got some big changes here for the upcoming work week. Starting tomorrow, we're going to have a volcanic eruption right near Charlottesville, and it's going to make things rather toasty across the area. We're going to see lava spill out into central Virginia and make temperatures in Richmond at 350 degrees, Fredericksburg at 345, Charlottesville, the hot spot at 400, not as hot off towards the tidewater, a little bit more comfortable with highs near 100 degrees. The reason why we're gonna have tidal waves moving in ahead of this, a global superstorm developing off towards the Atlantic Ocean. This thing is headed our way, but the key to the forecast right before this thing makes landfall, it is going to be deflected by Godzilla. Now, a lot can change between now and then. We're looking at the latest data. We'll continue to bring you the very latest. Welcome back, folks, to another edition, another edition, another episode of
2: Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. My name is Maddie, And I am Andrew. And this is our 83rd episode. Um, so if you haven't been here for the 82 prior to this, actually, probably like more like 150 prior to this with all the other content. Where have you been? <laughs> yeah, here's what it's about. Um, this podcast is about horror, horror in real life and horror in the movies from a queer perspective. Now uh this episode we are focusing on weather and how weather is terrifying. So we've got some and great how f- and how it will
1: only be the only thing you'll talk about after 35.
2: Yeah. I mean <laughs> it's it's the truth. Um it's truth, Ruth. It's a fact jack. And uh, we've got two good films uh in this episode. We've got The Fog and the mist, both of which heavy are heavy hitters. Heavy, oh yeah, yeah. heavy hitters. Both of which are really, you know, they're look, they're fan favorites every way, but they're they're favorites of of uh of us as well. And um, Andrew, let's go ahead and kick it off how we usually do with a little certified terrifying news. If and, we must. If we must, and and we must. Uh so Andrew, there's really just one story that everyone <laughs> If you don't know this, you are literally living under a rock somewhere, and I don't know under the ocean. Um, but Queen Elizabeth, Elizabeth Windsor, the Queen of England, she is she's dead. She's dead now. At ninety six years old, she died. She died last week, um, and uh, we're recording on Sunday, September eighteenth, right now. Her funeral is tomorrow. Um, it's been big news, and like, look, you know, I live in this part of the world, and so um, it's interesting in Ireland, as you might imagine, because. You know, look, England and Ireland didn't get along for a good long time. And um, this is kind of interesting. And uh, it's on the news everywhere. It's honestly getting a little tiring. Um, How is it over there on the news?
1: Uh, I mean, when it initially happened, obviously, it was big news. um, But... Uh, From what I see, and honestly, I'm not really much of a, I I don't follow really the royal watcher, the royal royal family or anything very closely, but from what I see, it faded pretty quickly. And I, I feel like the sentiment was either extremely, uh, you know, feel bad for the, the, the royal family, blah, 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 or it was bitch is dead. <laughs> those were the two <laughs> like those were like the two sentiments that I heard. Um, oh god, I, that's funny. From 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 my perspective, like this is how how I feel about yeah. it. She lived to be 96 and yeah. and ruled for 70 plus years. So good on you. Uh if I live to be 96 it'll be a miracle.
2: So Yeah, I mean seriously. You know, it, it is funny like I was I was of course, you know, watching social media from from friends and and family back home, right? And it, it really is interesting to see Americans like have a, a huge outpouring of emotion about the queen. Yeah, I agree. It's so Cause weird. Cuz it's <laughs> like you guys you you understand you ain't British, right? Well, like, and you also you, fought you get to that. get
1: away from it. Exactly. So. <laughs> like,
2: oh, totally. And like when I, I remember there, there was a news story that I saw too that on um on Pennsylvania Avenue, or not Pennsylvania Avenue, whatever, um uh, whatever leads up to, to um to the Capitol building in Washington, DC. Yeah, yeah. They they put up um they put up Union Jacks. Well,
0: and are I was you serious?
2: Like, yeah. And I and like the government did this. I'm like, do you remember when the British burned the capital down like anybody like, like anyone remember that? Maybe you shouldn't do that right now. Anyways, I that mean, that is like, so strange. I did why, not know that. Uh, it's it's so over the top. And, you know, like, look, I, I I I am fascinated by the royal family, just absolutely fascinated that this thing exists. Right. Like, you know, I, I love the crown and, you know, I love all the English, you know, shows and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's fascinating. But I think that anyone who believes that the monarchy is a good thing and like is like a real thing, you are you need help. You should go and talk <laughs> to a doctor because it is very strange, the thing that you are thinking. Anyways, look, she's dead. Bye bye. It's 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 gonna cost an awful lot of money in a country where um, you know, people can hardly pay their bills, but have a nice party, everybody. So Andrew, we'll leave the certified terrifying corner there for this part of the month, because that was big enough. Um, so, uh, Andrew, too, before we go into any content, there's a couple of really big things that we have to announce. Let's yeah. go ahead and talk about those.
1: Yeah. So, uh, two really big things for the podcast uh, coming up in October, in early October, uh, both happening in the same weekend, essentially. So,. Um, uh-huh. Uh, a week from when you are listening to this, because this will drop on the uh, the Friday before, uh, a, a week before, mm-hmm. um, on October first. I uh, just because I live here, and and we're not going to pay for Maddie to come here for one day and yeah, just force sure. him to go through all <laughs> of the the flights and the the sleep and everything. Come in, come um, in for
2: twelve hours, and then fly home
1: yeah so um i am actually going to be at the davis theater which is in uh, lincoln square in chicago on october 1st uh and i will be presenting child's play 2 to a live theater audience um and i'll be there to hand out buttons and i think we're going to do some giveaways from dread and and all that stuff so if, if you're listening um come down to the massacre on at the davis theater on october 1st uh where i will be there presenting child's play 2 which is pretty pretty cool we We've never been able to do anything live. And this is kind of our first um, weird, I don't know, uh, forte into it to see if it works.
2: Yeah. You know, Um, it's, it's, it's a good thing. And Andrew, uh, do you remember way back in the day before the pandemic? Yeah. And we, (laughs) we had, we had booked at at the music box theater in Chicago, a a famous old movie house to bring in Mark Patton and do a little event with him and, you know, do a showing of, of, uh, uh, what do what you? What's the name of the fucking movie? I can't even think of it right now. I forgot Nightmare on Elm Street Two. <laughs> Jesus Christ, my brain is dead. Um, we were gonna do it. It was all ready to go, and then, like, seriously, it was days after we got that all booked and planned. The pandemic started, so yep. I am very excited to see that we are doing a live event. Um, wish that I could be there for it, but look, there's going to be plenty of these to come. Um, because, you know, look, it's our 100th episode coming soon. We're going to have lots of stuff planned. But the massacre at the Davis Theater. Andrew, can they buy tickets at davistheater.com?
1: You can actually go on brownpapertickets, um, com. That's the best place. Okay. You can go through the Davis, but it's a little wonky. Um, so that your best place to go through is uh, uh and just search for the massacre. Um, also, uh, they just announced the other day that Grandpa from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is going to be there. Oh, no so. way. Uh, if you want to meet crazy. that guy, that's another opportunity. Tickets are only like 25 bucks and it's literally like 12 hours of horror movies. And They're it's going to have like, fun. Not, not to like discounts uh, the music box of horrors. Cause I think they, they do a great job. But um uh, this year at the massacre, because it's been a couple of years since they've been able to do it because of the pandemic, the lineup, yep. Is honestly great. I mean, it's Chainsaw Massacre, it's Child's Play 2, it's Stage Fright, the Italian movie. There's a lot of really cool movies that they're showing. So if you're interested, come down down to the Davis Theater on October 1st and watch some horror movies with me. I'll be there. The other thing that we are doing is on October 3rd, we were uh, unexpectedly invited to come on Spotify Live uh, with Garrett Clayton, uh, who, if you don't know who that is, uh, he, he's a former Disney star. Uh, he also played—I uh, can't think of that gay porn star's name in that movie. <laughs> oh, Very famous uh, porn star.
2: Oh, what's his? What's the porn star's name? Brett Corrigan. Brett he played Brett Corrigan, and I think it's Cobra, right? Or, I think he yeah, was Cobra, Cobra. Which, which also, if you have not seen that movie, it's a great movie.
1: Yeah, it's uh, with James. Uh,
2: what? I Uh, I can't remember. We're really doing bad today, aren't we? It's okay. Tell
1: tell (laughs) them about the show. Tell them about the show. Anyway, we are going to be on Spotify Live with Garrett Clayton and his husband um, on their show, Gay in the Life. Um, It's on October 3rd at 7 p.m. via Spotify Live. So if you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the Spotify Live app and just listen in it's kind of like a Twitter space if you will like they they kind of hold you and and then they will open up for questions later so we'll be there live um, they do convert it to a podcast afterwards so if you want to listen to it afterwards you certainly can um, but just wanted to give everyone a big heads up that on October 3rd at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time we both Maddie being very tired will be on <laughs> Spotify live with Garrett Clayton and his husband on gay in the life
2: so yeah, let that Let's
1: download that, download that, uh, or follow them on Spotify.
2: It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, look, I, I've been a Spotify user since the very beginning. Um, I, I didn't, if I'm being honest with you, I didn't even know about Spotify Live. So um, be sure to download the Spotify Live app because, look, you can listen to the podcast later. But Andrew and I want to feel your energy while we're there. We so need, it. Listen to we're it gonna need it. We're going to need it. We're going to need it. Especially, especially Maddie. me. <laughs> it's going to be one in the morning for me. Um, so, look, it's going to be a lot of fun. And to, um, to the folks that make that show happen, that make Gay in the Life happen, especially producer Morgan Jaffe, um, thank you all so much for inviting us, and we're really looking forward to being on the show. Now, Andrew, back to our show, after those exciting announcements, um, let's get started. Let's talk about some weather shit. It's episode 83, people. 83 episodes
1: of talking about horror in real life, and today we're talking about weather. Maddie, before we go into uh-huh. the devastating weather news that we have in, in our awesome. notes, um,
2: what what would you say is the gayest weather (laughs) you know so this is um this is an interesting question right because it can be about like where do you feel the gayest or how do you um you know how do you relax as a gay person how does that feel what's the weather like around you is it what's ideal for you but it could also be which weather pattern is the sassiest which weather pattern is you know the the you know um which weather pattern um, needs to go to therapy is what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like um, most gay people. Need yeah, <laughs> like all of them. I, I've met many of them recently. Anyways, um, I would say, you know, for me, the, the, the gayest weather for me, and let's just do some personal here, you know, is is got to be fall weather. You know, like, okay. I love it because that's when, like, I'm at my most comfortable for sure. It's when I feel my best. You know, when, when I can wear kind of like whatever I want, I don't have to like, I, I like to wear a jacket so I can wear a jacket. I can wear a Get those layers going, yeah. you know, do some nice layering. I can wear some nice pants. I can wear some cool shoes. I don't have to, you know, wear flip-flops, you know, it's just, that's where I feel really comfortable. And I think too, it's like the energy at that time of the year, you know, it's like it got it in Dublin. Um, When was it? It was sa- Saturday. God. Yeah. Saturday. Today's Sunday. was yesterday. It was yesterday, Andrew. Yesterday (laughs) was like a perfect fall day here. It was like beautiful. It was like fifty-eight. It was sunny. It wasn't. It wasn't raining at all. It was just a. It was just a beautiful day. I I went to the pub. Had a you know a dozen pints or so, and um, just hung out with with you know some people and enjoyed it. It was just. It was a really lovely day, and that's the thing about fall days. You know, when it's clear and when it's when it's just just enough cool and crisp. And you just feel great, you know? you feel gay. (laughs) That's some gay shit right there. When you feel great, you're actually feeling gay.
1: That's that's for all you straight people out there. So remember, when you're feeling great, you're feeling gay.
2: (laughs) It's true. Now, what about you? (laughs)
1: Uh, for me, I go back to our our sister in arms, Judy Garland, and I think of the Wizard of Oz, and I think that tornadoes are the gayest weather because they are chaos incarnate. That's pretty gay. Yeah. And I just feel like that's the gay community in and of itself. We've always been chaos, <laughs> we always will be chaos, and you never know what to expect, and you never know when will just pop up sometime.
2: <laughs> Andrew, you've 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 never spoken truer words, I think. <laughs>
1: All right. So do you want to do uh, our namesakes first or would you like to do some other stuff first? Oh, I
2: can't wait to talk about this. It's one of my favorite stories, actually.
1: Okay. So because we both have very biblical names with uh, Andrew and Matthew – uh, we both have had hurricanes named after uh-huh. us. Uh, yeah. If you don't mind, I will start with mine because Go I think ahead. yours is yeah. funnier. <laughs> um, but so, uh, actually, Hurricane Andrew, uh, which happened in 1992 in the month of August, um, it, it was the actually the strongest and most devastating hurricane on record to hit. Southern I remember Florida. that hurricane.
2: It was it was insane when it happened. I remember that. Uh,
1: you know what? That's why they named it after me, because <laughs> you know, once once you once you mess with a Scorpio, you're never coming back. Um, but it did strike uh, South Miami Dade County on Monday, August twenty fourth of nineteen ninety two, and it caused an estimated twenty six billion dollars damage. God Almighty. Um, it was the most expensive natural disaster in United States history, uh, not to be surpassed until Hurricane Katrina. Obviously, we remember uh, thirteen years later. Um, almost all the damage cost was in Southern Dade County, which is actually the only part of Florida I like. So I'm very sorry. <laughs> um, um, where the number of homes destroyed was approximately forty nine thousand. Forty? Can you can you imagine that forty nine thousand people? I lost can't their imagine houses.
2: it. I I, um, I honestly cannot imagine a hurricane destroying my house.
1: Yeah, um, in Homestead, in the in the city of Homestead, uh, the hardest hit community, more than ninety nine percent of all the mobile homes were completely destroyed. <sighs> um, so just think about that for um just a hot second. You already live in a mobile home, which is uh, one of the more affordable ways to own a home. You know, in the nineties, I, yeah, I sure. lived in a trailer when when I was young, and I think we paid like fifteen thousand dollars for our house. You know what I mean? Sure. Like that yeah. was like the affordable way to do it. So to have that now, just annihilated and you're already on the you know lower bracket of of the pace scale is just awful um 15 direct deaths and 28 indirect deaths um i'm assuming that's like heart attacks uh the things that happened because of what was going on were attributed to hurricane andrew in the mainland south florida um this actually made its way the hurricane made its way all the way from florida to louisiana so it went across the united states uh which is insane it was a category five at landfall so usually with hurricanes they when they make landfall they're never a category five because they've kind of settled down in the ocean after they go through the bahamas and everything um and it sustained winds of 165 165 miles an hour which is just insane um there was actually a movie made about this oh really Um, what was it uh, I remember watching it. It was a made-for-TV movie. Uh, It was called Triumph Over Disaster, the Hurricane Andrew story. Oh, wow. Um, It came out in 1993, and it actually starred a bunch of... Really famous people, Ted Wasprin Thayer, John Goetz, Veronica Cartwright, oh, really? uh, Carmen, uh, Jill Schlowen, who we've had uh, uh, show up on our school episode, uh-huh. uh, Brian McNamara, um, and that actually premiered on May twenty fourth of 1993 on NBC. So it was kind of, um, if you remember correctly, uh, we used to have what these what these kids would call uh, made for TV movie nights. It usually was Saturday night. I remember uh, that. Yeah. And you'd watch, you'd gather around the TV and watch it because you couldn't record it and you couldn't go back. And, and, and this was like a
2: huge thing and you couldn't drink yet. So you stayed home and watched a movie like that.
1: Yeah. And I, I remember watching this movie and I remember being like, mom, why did they name this storm after me?
2: <laughs> <laughs> why is it named after me? But Maddie, what about you? What is your uh, biblical hurricane story? Oh, sure. Oh, I listen, I love telling this story. So first, I got to take you back. Um, if you actually, if you listen to our uh, our last Friday rewind, it was mine, and we did um, the X Files, where I'm I'm sure I talked about my my former engagement when I was engaged to be married, when I was a real idiot back back in the day. Um, so in 2016, it was early September, September 12th, I think. Um, my insane fucking crazy ex fiance, who was a fucking nightmare. And I still hope gets eaten by a whale every single day. Um, he, uh, he, he was left a trainer, me.
1: everyone. So oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was, he that's was, he was, being...
2: he was a dolphin trainer at the shed aquarium. Um, yeah, it was just actually a loser anyways. Um, he, he left me blah, 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 blah. He was from Florida, right? And so in the midst of all of this, like he went back to Florida for a little bit before he came back to Chicago. And then eventually he moved to Florida where he lives now. Um, thank God it's where he belongs in, in like Orlando area. Um, or as I call it, the pit of hell. I'm so glad i never have to go back there. Anyways, um, so this happened right in early September. <laughs> and what happens on <laughs> just a couple weeks later is a Category 5 hurricane named Hurricane. Matthew motherfucker hurricane Matthew pummels through Florida and destroys so much of it it was fueled <laughs> it was fueled by my hatred and by my absolutes i can't even think of the word right now but my pure hatred fueled i swear to god fueled that hurricane when it went through um, now, look, I, I will say this. Hurricane Matthew was a devastating hurricane for Haiti. It was the worst disaster to happen there since the the earthquake, which was, I think like in two thousand and seven that that the really bad earthquake wasn't in, in Haiti. Listen, um, so, sometimes our witch powers, we don't know how to yeah,
1: really control them. So exactly. we apologize to I didn't, the, the people of Haiti.
2: I didn't mean for that to happen. <laughs> but, but we but just happened, wanted Florida. Okay. <laughs> and um, and I, I, I listen, you know, I'm an evil bitch sometimes. And I'll tell you what, the moment that I saw it was going to go straight for fucking Orlando. Like it went straight through fucking Orlando. I laughed at that television when I saw that. Oh, yes, I did. Like an evil bitch. Because that's what I am and don't fuck with me, or I will send a hurricane <laughs> to your fucking house. That's my story.
1: That's awesome. I love that. I love it, love it, love it. Uh, I, I hate that it caused so much disaster for people, but I, I love the story behind it's it. It's a so funny story.
2: Fun. We 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 have to tell it.
1: You know what? Here at Frage
2: the 13th, we're nothing but bitches that's that's the truth bitch so look how that's why one of our segments is called what you've been watching bitch hello yeah exactly it's for a reason we have to live up to the standard that we've set for each other yes absolutely now andrew um thinking about weather right it's sort of like impossible to think about weather anymore in like our day and age without thinking about climate change yeah and while, of course you know, we've we've done an episode way back when on climate change, but oh, that was years ago. Now we, we could actually funny, do another one funny, if we wanted to.
1: Funny enough, yeah. uh, that was the very
2: first episode where we did a skit, and it has oh, stayed was it really? since. Yeah. Oh, no. it was. You know what? It was a good episode. I do remember that. Um, but we talked about climate change a lot more in depth. Um, but I mean, like I said, you, you you can't think about any weather anymore without thinking, "Wow, this is really different than it used to be," right? And like, you know, thinking about, um, you know, thinking about the weather here, for example, like when I, when I moved here, a lot of people were like, Oh, you're, you're really going to enjoy that weather. It rains all the time. It does. This all the time. Like, actually, no, it doesn't. That stuff kind of doesn't really happen anymore like that. In fact, like when I first moved here last year, the summer here in Ireland was a scorcher and there were days this year that were, you know, pretty scorching too. I mean, for Ireland standards now, you know, so, so That's keep that in what, mind. I mean, that's what I'm noticing as we like
1: we get older and yeah. we, we tend to remember childhood and kind of what we grew up with is everything's at extreme extremes. Like, uh, there's not just like your, uh, you know, you're like regular winter. It's going to be like, you know, in Chicago, we used to have just like, okay, winter's going to start in December. It'll probably uh-huh. be done by like mid February. You might get one little extra thing in March, but probably be done by February. And now it's like, Oh, we don't have snow at Christmas, but then all of a sudden we have blizzards
2: in January, and exactly. that that fill up the streets, and you can't leave your house <laughs> like in, entirely. And 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 that's the thing. And you know, it's like I think that people are, people are are confusing weather and climate all the time, and um, they're they're forgetting that weather is more just like weather is really about patterns, right? Yeah, that's what that's what the weather is, and the climate is just something much larger. It's it's like the long game. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's impossible to experience weather and, and to not experience climate change at the, at the same time, because the climate is changing It's just, they're both changing it at like slightly different, you know, wavelengths, I guess, I guess you could say. And that's, that's the thing about what's going on now is like, you know, look, if you're rich and you're white, or if you're middle class and you're white, at least you're probably going through life you know, only experiencing like climate change, like, you know, I'm putting this in quotes right now, you're probably only experiencing it like when it's annoying for you, right? So like you're experiencing it when like there's a bad snowstorm and you gotta go shovel the driveway or when you go on vacation and it's, you know, way, way, way hotter than you thought it was going to be or way, way, way colder. Whereas like for other people around the world, they're experiencing the really catastrophic effects of climate change in their weather patterns right now. Yeah. And so every, if, day. If, every single day. And, and it's, it's, it's causing such pain and such strife in the world, which it always has. I mean, we've talked about this before, but you can track the way that like wars and battles and like terrorism happens based on like, Climate, because it's climate is also about resources. Right. And so you're going to have people. I mean, look, no one gives a flying fuck about what they actually think they believe in. In the end, they just want to have enough to survive on. You know what I mean? And so they're going to bomb this person or they're going to kill that person. or They're going to take this shit over because they want to get the shit. It's why the, the fucking like Taliban has Afghanistan. They don't fucking they don't fucking care about anything. All they know is we got to have a fucking country to have. And so they chose that one, right? Yeah. And it's, it's like we talked about in our last episode, power corrupts. Exactly. Precisely. And and it's and a lot of it is about the resources. But there's a lot of things that are already happening. Of course, like like I've, I've said kind of a thousand times now. Um, and there was a report back in 2012 um, that people didn't pay attention to. And it came out of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC, um, and the, the report was huge. It was 594 pages. Mind you, once again, this is 10 years ago, right? Um, yeah. and there is a, a 20 page summary that highlighted, um, some case studies of climate risks that they were predicting would probably happen within the next decade. And lo and behold, they all did. And there's a report from the AP that I, I pulled all this from and it came out, uh, just last week on the 13th. And, um, Oh wow, it's really recent. It's it's very recent, and uh, they were they were just kind of going over this, and they, and they called the the report clairvoyant, and um, some of the things that they brought up were droughts causing famine in Africa. It's happening again right now in the Horn of Africa and in Madagascar. Um, small islands being inundated by a combination of sea level rise, saltwater intrusion, and storms. This is happening all over the place right now, um, especially in the um, in the Pacific. Um, some other things in here. I forgot forgot where they went. But look the, the 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 complexity of the report and and its clairvoyant nature, what it predicted, it's all coming true now, which just sort of like leads you to think about like, what are we actually doing? We've had yeah. the information for 10, for 10 years, we had the information Nothing and is what many doing. years before that. We haven't done enough. And like, I don't know about you, but I don't think we're doing enough. And, and no. it, it and, you know, it can't be like me making sure I recycle that bottle. <laughs> you know what i mean? like, yeah. that's not yeah. going to do it. It's got to be your other metal people. straw is not going to go so far. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so like, look, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, I mean, we could squawk on and on about this. There should be you know more horror movies created about this particular topic, but it's, it's pretty scary because we haven't done nearly enough. We're not doing it now and how is this going to compound even further you know in the next 10 years what the fuck are we going to see
1: yeah i mean it's it's definitely scary and i think that as humans we don't have the mental capacity for thinking further than our lives if yeah. that makes any sense sure that we continue to just only be selfish for ourselves. And you know, yeah. I, I'm not discounting myself or you. I'm just, sure. I, yeah. I think that it's a human condition to look at what can I get out of this life for me. And sometimes or all the time nature and uh, then impacting weather, uh, comes to suffer, uh, yeah. because we're such selfish creatures. um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just, it's it's mind boggling. I I was actually at um when we were in Santorini, uh we were we were at a funny enough, I learned this at a wine tour. Hmm. Um but that they showed the evolution of the island of Santorini and like how it came to be and because yeah. it's a volcanic island it's changed so much because it actually has a volcano on it yeah sure um that erupted at one point and destroyed half the island and then due to erosion and other weather patterns the way that the island has changed it probably won't be there yeah. in like a hundred years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like totally. It's, 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 yeah. it's so strange the way that weather will take things back and the way that nature will take things back. Um, mm-hmm. It's just fascinating. And I can only imagine the people that were living on Santorini at the time of the volcano, what they must have saw and observed oh, and yeah. went through. And, you know, places like, um, what's the Italian? What, what, uh, the big it was volcano. just there, Venice. Oh, Oh, you're
2: talking about Pompeii.
1: Pompeii, like can you imagine like you're living your life and then all of a sudden the volcano goes off and you're just like all right i guess we're dead
2: now like you you know i I, i'll tell you we'll talk about that kind of stuff when we talk about the mist okay
1: all right uh so do we want to go through the top
2: five most deadly natural disasters start start with the fucking deadliest though oh you want me to start with the deadliest and Fuck go back yeah. i want you to give me the one where the most fucking humans died tell me about that one all right so number one <laughs> we're going right to number one
1: Let's fucking do it um, this happened in 1931 the yangtze river uh it, it flooded in china this was in july and august of 1931 it triggered oh. the most deadly natural disaster in world history um, the Yangtze river o- overtopped its banks in the spring snowmelt mingled with uh, over 24 inches. So uh, I don't know why they added 600 millimeters. That's funny. Um, I got my source from um, live science, by the yeah. way, uh, of rain that fell during the month of July alone. Um, the flood in, in- inundated almost 70,000 square miles, um, and turn the Yangtze River into what looked like a giant lake or ocean. Um, contemporary government numbers put the number of dead people at around 2 million. <gasps> um, but other agencies, including the NOAA, say it may have been as many as 3.7. Um, just because this Damn. happened in 1931, Two it's kind million of hard people. to like. It's kind of hard to trace back that kind of yeah, stuff sure. because there's only so much that was being reported especially out of China at the time in 19 in the 1930s. Um, but some of the other big uh, deadly natural disasters, the 2010 Haiti earthquake, the 1970 Bahola cyclone, the 1556, which I don't even know how they know that, the um, Shanxi earthquake and the 1887 Shang-Chi. Yellow yeah. River flood. I don't know about you, but um, I know I've talked about it getting older, um, starting to face the reality of uh, death, death. <laughs> um, <sighs> weather. <laughs> Uh, frightens me much more than it did when I was uh, younger. Uh, We've talked about it before, but we've had a couple of kind of crazy tornado situations here
2: in the Chicagoland area. Those were nutty. They were nutty when those happened.
1: And I can tell you when I moved to Chicago, I was told there will never be a tornado in Chicago because of the buildings and how things are built. It's just not, it's it can't happen. Like there's no way that it could happen. Motherfuckers lied. Motherfuckers it's lied. Happening. <laughs> it's happening. Um, I definitely grew up in an area that was rot for thunderstorms and um, hurricane, or not. I'm sorry, not hurricane. Um, Tornado type weather. Uh-huh. Um, I grew up with it. I don't know why I wasn't scared of it as a kid, especially with Twister coming out in like 1993 or whenever <laughs> Love that Twister. Came out.
2: Love Twister.
1: <laughs> um, which I I would argue might be a horror movie. So maybe we need to talk about it. one day. You know, um,
2: th- thunderstorms are one of the things that I really miss here. We, 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 we don't have them. Um, we also don't have lightning here. And I, look, I can't tell you why we just, we just don't. It's p- because we're an Island, I guess I don't, I don't really get it. That's very strange. Um, but I, I, I miss them. I, you know, I, I think that, um, uh, you know, what's, what's great about storms is that there's something out of nothing. Right, and so, like all of a sudden, you're just boom, you're faced with this thing that you have to deal with. you don't have yeah. a way out of it, like you have to deal with you know the the crazy you run away from it, yeah with the crazy rain hitting you, or you have to like get inside a house or you have to you know deal with your own you know like you were intimating earlier, you have to deal with your own sense of mortality as you face this thing and and I think that's why storms are so enthralling is they they do make you sort of face it. You know, well, and I
1: can tell you that we both live in walking cities. Yeah, sure. So we're also in them.
2: Like yeah. we're not in a car. <laughs> like, <All> right, right. <laughs> and you know, like, I mean, we're we're lucky we live in houses, but humans didn't always live in, you know, houses like the stuff that we live in right now, right? And so, you know, it's it's um it's a really interesting thing that just happens. And like I said, it just kind of happens out of nowhere. And that's just so mysterious and so fascinating and scary and, you know, there's, there's, it's no wonder that a lot of you know horror fans get into it because it's, it's almost like a little horror movie that nature's putting on for you right there.
0: Yeah, so yeah, for it's, sure.
2: It's, it's an interesting thing. And look, it's, yeah, they're scary as fuck.
1: And finally, I just want to, uh, before we close out our horror in real life, I want to talk about the real nightmare makers, the meteorologists. Oh God, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me just tell you uh most meteorologists that are on your news are not real meteorologists uh they are reporters uh so uh i hate those people they scare the shit out of me and (laughs) they disappoint my life every week um they never report on things being good it's only bad so, I guess what I'm trying
2: to say is fuck meteorologists. Not the real <laughs> ones, just the news reporters. <laughs> just the Oh my goodness. And with with those wise words, we'll close out our horror and real life segment and take a little break. When we come back, we'll do what you've been watching. Bitch.
0: Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby get ourselves
2: a treat and welcome everyone to what you've been watching bitch what you been watching you hurricane bitch you you meteorologist bitch you should have said that right there. <laughs> okay so if you're new to the show this is the segment that's really pretty simple it's where andrew and i tell you what we've been watching since the last time we told you what we were watching so andrew i'm gonna go ahead and let you start go ahead Yeah, so uh,
1: I have been watching some uh, pretty good stuff. All of mine are recommends today, maybe with one small caveat. But the first one that I have been watching is I finally got back to Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, Oh, fun. The the acclaimed series that most 90s kids will remember from SNCC um they have been doing these uh I, they're usually like four to six episode uh little mini seasons of a story kind of like in the are you afraid of the dark universe if yeah. you will um i think that they're all pretty good the first the first one uh that was about the circus was not like my favorite but everyone beyond that i think are pretty good and i think are like fun starter horror for yeah, you know sure. maybe like you're maybe like you're a 12 13 year old. Um, Are You Afraid of the Dark? They just did uh, Ghost Island, um, which was about a girl who has she is a twin who has recently lost her sister um, to it's an undisclosed illness, but I can only imagine some sort of cancer or or something like that. But um, her wish uh, upon dying was that her sister would take their friends and go to this place called Ghost Island and, and kind of be there. It's kind of a resort island, an isolated island. And just like celebrate her life, essentially, Uh, what they don't understand is that the, of course, the the uh, island is haunted. I want to go there. (laughs) Um, actually, I enjoyed the shit out of this. Obviously, it's gonna have some a little bit of dodgy acting, just because it's a lot of kid acting and it's on Nickelodeon. Um, but. Overall, the story was really good. And good. honestly, they're the main um, "what uh, quote-unquote baddie or the main like ghost yeah. was actually kind of scary. That's, That's awesome. What I'm being honest. So um, maybe maybe reserve it for your 13-year-old and not your 12-year-old. But um, I really enjoyed it. I think that if you are a fan of these, um, you know, if you're a fan of SNCC and you're a fan of the old Are You Afraid of the Dark, definitely jump on board and watch these new iterations. They're super easy to watch. Um, and they're, they're only like 40 minutes an episode. So you can get it done in like an hour and a half, cool. you know, like it's, it's not too much of your time. So into it.
2: Uh, my first one is the first episode of 101 scariest horror movie moments on shutter. I'm um, definitely very interested to hear what you think about this because I wasn't going to give this uh, a watch. So yeah. I'd be interested to hear what you <laughs> had to think, you know, um, it's funny. Two of these, two of these things that I watched, I watched with somebody that I am no longer dating um, but it was very recently. I'm just realizing that right now. Anyways, um, I watched this with him, and uh, you know, look, I, I, I really appreciate when Shutter does these kind of things. Yeah. Um, it, I think that they bring in, you know, the people that you know now. Andrew, you and I know these people. Yeah, um, it's, it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, they're they're and they're people that we respect. You know, I I think Mick Garris especially did a really great job with the with the stuff that he was talking about. Um, but you know, Tony Todd's on there and, um, and Alex Esso, who we just, you know, we just absolutely adore Alex and a bunch of other people. Um, Oh, she's in it. She is. Yeah. Now I have to watch it. Yeah. You gotta watch it. (laughs) I mean, look, it's, I, I like these things from shutter because they're kind of mindless for me. I, I, I put them on often when I'm like doing work. Or when I'm like doing something else or when I'm like cleaning the house and like, you know, I don't have to like pay super deep attention to it, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, that makes and, sense. And there's, you know, there's some interesting stuff and you hear this and you hear that and there's some funny stuff that they talk about. And I, I think it's great. I, I think this is sometimes, you know, like I know that that Shutter originals can be a little um can be it, they can be hit or miss. You know, we've talked about this before. Um, sometimes there's some really good ones, and sometimes we're like, ooh, that's that's not so great. I think on this kind of stuff, it's always a hit. And shuttered does a really great job. Um, and I I love it when they they put more focus on this kind of stuff. So look, I've only watched the first episode. I thought it was good. Um Andrew and I have screeners for the rest, you know, as as they continue to come out. Um, but I think it's worth your time.
1: Yeah, I you know what? Um I think. As we get closer and closer to this industry, because we have, like, let's be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. I I just it I I want to hear from so many more voices. And I I'm glad yeah. to hear that um I'm glad to hear that Mick is on there. I'm glad to hear that Alex is on there because I feel like there was a time in these kind of like horror documentary uh-huh. that it was the same people always talking. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to hear it was. that there's a, a better diversity of people talking. Um, and I'm hoping that they will open that up to uh, independent voices too, because I know not only us, but a ton of other horror aficionados that I, Totally respect. Um, are doing stuff in the creative space, you know, spaces of podcasting and creating and short independent films. Yeah. I'm really hoping that they get a chance also to participate in, in those things. So good to hear that Shutter's including those people. I'm very happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of Shudder, I watched one of their uh, newer originals. Um, It is uh, Who Invited Them, Um, starring Ryan Hansen from Veronica Mars fame. Um, This is about a couple that has just bought a new house and they are having their um, housewarming party. And they spot a couple at the housewarming Hmm. party that that. Both of them think that the other one invited like they, huh, they don't really like like they don't know who they are, but neither of them really talk about it until like kind of the end of the party. Um, little do they know that these this couple has a, another purpose within the story. I'm not going to spoil anything. Okay. Um, I I've seen mixed opinions about this movie. I really liked it. It is a little bit of a slow burn, um, but I kind of equated it to uh, the style of The Invitation, um, the Karen Kusama film, um, to where you're kind of like, you're guessing what's going to happen until it happens. And you're not really sure like what the outcome is going to be. And I, for one, really like a movie that toys with my emotions that way and toys with like how I'm thinking. So I really appreciated the movie. I've seen some people think it's a little boring. I didn't, I didn't think that. Um, Uh,
2: Generally when people think it's boring, I like it.
1: Yeah. So if you like movies like that, if you like The Invitation, um there was another Shutter movie called Scare Me that happened uh, a couple years ago that I really enjoyed it. kind of reminded that. me of that. Yeah. If you like those kind of movies, I think you'll enjoy this movie. Um it was, may wait, not wait, be for everybody.
2: Was it serious or was it kind of funny? Uh
1: it, it turns out to be serious, but it, there are definitely comedic moments. Got it. Okay. Um because it plays with um you know, like when you move into a new house and you get to know your neighbors and you're like, are they really like good people or are they shitty people? Listen, I I, like- I, I
2: ask myself all the time. Trust me. <laughs>
1: So it, it plays with that a little bit, and it's obviously a little awkward because they're 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 kind of meeting a new couple, and they're not really sure what to think about them. Sure. Um, but it's never over the top funny. Like it's not yeah. a comedic movie, but there are comedic moments in that awkwardness of the exchanges between the characters.
2: <laughs> that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, um, so
1: I I, I definitely would say, watch who invited them. It's literally, I think it's like 87 minutes. It's a very quick watch. So even, even if, if you better. don't like it. <laughs> uh,
2: my next one is uh, Under the Banner of Heaven. Uh, and I watched this. I forget actually how I watched this, Andrew. I must have watched it on Now, I think. I'm pretty sure. Um, I've or seen no, 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 this advertised. no, no, no I watched it on Disney Plus for me. I watched it on Disney Plus. Um, Under the Banner of Heaven is uh, taken from a book by John Krakauer. Um and I I quite like John Krakauer I've I've never read the book um but I think that John Krakauer's work is generally pretty good um you'll know John Krakauer from like Into the Wild as well right oh okay um, yeah and the person who wrote the script for this was Dustin Lance Black of bareback porn fame if you remember correctly <laughs> um who is also the husband yes that's why uh, he's famous <laughs> well I mean look I I'm we all watched it. Um, he's also the husband of, uh, what's his face, the diver, Tom Daly. <laughs> what's his face? Anyways, um, only, only
1: the person that you obsess. I know, over, right. right? <laughs> Who I'm
2: actually uh, completely in love with. I've heard he's actually, a, uh, I've heard he's actually a dick, believe it or not, which I, am really sad about that. I hope it's not true. Anyways. Um, okay. So this is a series. It's, I think it's nine episodes. Um, it is about, uh, a, a detective, uh, in Utah named Jeb Pyre. Who has to investigate um, this murder of a mother and her daughter, which it which involves the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, which is the perfect church. love it. Um, Andrew Garfield plays the main character, and everyone else is just you know, kind of whatever. Um, there is, uh, Gil, Gil Birmingham is is in it, and Gil Birmingham is um, a Native American actor who's been in a lot of stuff before, so, and and I think he was really good. Um, Jason Bateman produced it and a bunch of other people, whatever. Um, it, it's, the show is, is it's okay. I, I was really hoping that I would like it better. It just eventually got so slow. Um, also, one of the Culkins is in it. I can't remember which one i can't R- rory so Culkin. rory Culkin so is in it um a lot of the acting kind of turns weird and some of the writing isn't it's not that great if i'm being honest with you um so i mean look it, it was okay if, if if i had to go back and do it again like you know look i i finished it because i like to finish things as you know but like i just would have never started watching it if i'm being honest with you so if you're thinking about under the banner of heaven if you want my advice, save yourself the nine the nine hours that, that you're going to spend watching it and just watch something else.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, we're only here to give our opinions on these things. Exactly. Um, speaking of opinions, um, I will have some about our, our my next one. Um, so this is uh, the new Queen Latifah ludicrous lead oh, movie. Oh my called End of the Road. on oh, Netflix. Oh boy. Um, this was kind of unceremoniously put on Netflix. Uh, I, I have not seen literally a leak of marketing behind this. I, I don't even know how I found it. I literally think it just turned on Netflix and it was on the, the banner ad or whatever. And I was like, oh, Queen Latifah in a thriller movie. Sure, I'm in. <laughs> like, um, I've loved Queen Latifah
2: since living single like forever we are like, living single. <laughs> that that uh, song will be in my head forever yeah so
1: i will always kind of turn whatever so this movie it's queen lativa it's ludicrous they play a brother and sister who um <laughs> that's funny right there there you go um so uh basically what it is is uh her <laughs> she has recently lost her husband to cancer oh, no. and um they can't afford their house in California anymore. So they are going to a uh, road trip to Texas where her mother lives and kind of just like reestablish life, like okay. figure it out from there. Like got to, got to, have a restart got to have a renew and uh as they're going across in their in their road trip with her she has two kids and she's taking her brother ludicrous with, with um and that should uh, be ludicrous Woo! Yeah. and um they basically stay a night in a you know motel you know pit stop along the way and um they hear a scuffle in the room next door and in the room next door a man has been um, uh, shot oh no and um, what they do find out is that there is a bag of money in the uh, cabinet in the in the take bathroom it, cabinet take the money. and because of their situation Ludacris decides to take it and then there's a fallout from that action and Bo Bridges is involved and all Bo Bridges oh my <laughs>
2: goodness oh <laughs> boy Which
1: we were doing the math last night Bo Bridges is 80 years old in this movie wow okay um, so listen is this more of a lifetimey type movie yes it's not gonna be for all your hardcore horror people but for people that like movies like the hand that rocks the cradle single white female like those type of like movies where there's uh there's a threat but it's not like over the top threat yeah sure um you'll like it i I really enjoyed it and there are a couple of gore things that are so unexpected towards the end of this movie because the movie really hasn't been that gory up until the end and then all of a sudden <laughs> I don't even want to spoil it because it's so ludicrous if you will um, that it, it, the the gore is over the top at the end, and that's all I'll say. Um, give this a watch. It's on Netflix. It's called End of the Road. Again, it's like 90 minutes. It's super fast. Um, it's not going to be for everybody, but for people that grew up with stories on Lifetime and those kind of movies, yeah.
2: I personally enjoyed it quite a bit. In <laughs> so. a 90s kind of world, I'm glad I got my girls. Um, cool. Uh, I'm going to switch my last two around. I'm going to say Pray first, although we talked oh, about yeah, it the last time. yeah, you watched time. it um I did and I loved it. I thought Prey was fantastic. The only thing that I thought was this was really short. <laughs> like it is it's like monstrously short. When it was done I was like, "Wait a minute. Is that really it? Is there's no more?" And I don't say that as a criticism. I say it because I I I would have watched more. I, th- I thought I would was... have watched a series of this. Without <laughs> a doubt. I, I thought it was really well done. I thought, you know, as you said before, the, um, the, the, Comanche language work was incredible. Um, I think that the, the acting was really good and I thought it was a really great, uh, you know, new installment in the predator series. Um, and so I, I thought it was great. I, we don't, we don't have to drone on about it cause we've already talked about it, but if you haven't watched prey yet, just true, just watch it. Truly. You, you are going to like this movie
1: yeah it's it's awesome i i think it's actually the best predator that we've ever had and i'm sorry I, I for don't, people not i don't love the
2: original but. i don't think that you're i mean the predator was never really my thing i i watched them and i you know i liked them okay i guess when i was young but um i was definitely more of an aliens person than than predator and uh this is really good watch it
1: yeah All right, my last one, and then we'll get to your last one, and then we'll move on. My last one is the new installment of Pretty Little Liars.
2: Oh, yeah, I need to watch this
1: um so this is not your this is not i guess i should say our because it came out in our lifetime um, yeah. Not our original pretty little liars that was like i think a cw show I think maybe so. um but this is a new um reimagining of pretty little liars it's called pretty little liars original sin It is on hbo max for everyone out there um this is a more horror focused um pretty little liars Um, it's obviously going to involve some, some bitchy little teenage women, unfortunately, but that's just like, that's what you get with these shows. Like there's always over the top um, mean girls, if you will. Uh, But this focuses on a quattro of uh, girls who uh, basically are living through uh, different circumstances. They all, one is pregnant. One is dealing with a relationship. One is dealing with kind of like a, Uh, a predator situation with her boss. Like there's all these different storylines, but each girl kind of has like their own lane, but they all come together because there is a mystery about what their mothers did in high school. And now someone is enacting revenge because of what the mothers did on their children. Um, There's definitely a lot of homages to it. There's a lot of homages to um, kind of like different uh horror things within the kind of show. Um, I will say I started a little lukewarm on this on the on the story because it felt a little contrived and a little overacted, um, a la Riverdale type yeah, sure. acting. Um, but once I settled into the style of the show, so I would say around like episode three. I was like completely enthralled and I huh. completely watched the entire thing. I mean, this is some this is coming from somebody that watched shows like Buffy that watched shows like Roswell growing up. So it 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 hit that little tingle on the bottom of my spine that okay. said like you're going to like this. And yeah, so I just sure. kept with it. And overall, I really did like the story. I think the twist is a, is uh, maybe a little cheap but okay. um overall i still really enjoyed the series so if you're looking for something that is bubblegum horror um a la like the scream series that came out um a number okay. of years ago yeah sure i think I, I think you'll like it so that is pretty little liars original sin
2: doesn't sound depressing enough for me, Andrew. I'll pass on it. I, it's um, not. <laughs> so uh, the final thing that I have is I finally saw Nope. Okay, uh, I haven't seen it yet. What a! I mean, look, Andrew, it's not even possible to give you a spoiler if I'm being honest with you. Like, it's and it's not possible because I don't think there's anybody except Jordan Peele. That knows what's can, going on <laughs> who can actually tell you what this movie is about and i'm 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 really not joking. um I saw this on a date with the person that I'm no longer dating anymore um at a theater um and it's it's not even the good theater in dublin it's the it's the gross theater where people are loud anyways um it is, oh it's a gross theater, Andrew. you would not like it there anyways, uh, I saw nope, and it's long. It's a very long movie. It is not a short movie. I am a Jordan. No, I'm a Jordan Peele (laughs) fan. You know, I loved get out. Of course, it's one of the best things I've actually ever seen. I think I loved, uh, I loved us. You know, I'm, I'm all over Jordan Peele. Um, But this movie, it's, it's really big. Um, You know, it's, it's a, it's, it's very well done. He's done a great job with it. The actors are all great at what they're doing. Um, there's incredible effects and there's this thing and there's that thing and there's this thing and there's that 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 thing. I think you see what I'm trying to say here, right? There are, there's a thousand things to look at in this movie and a thousand things to think about. And I walked out and you know, the, the guy that, that I was dating, he was, he's a horror fan. And so we were, you know, we, we had fun talking about it, but you know, whatever, I can't remember what he said exactly, but whatever he thought it was about, I was like, no, it's not. And oh, that's head, not what you got, yeah, yeah. And in my head, I was like, I don't like I, it, it. Finished, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck this was about, and that bothers me. <laughs> that really <laughs> bothers me that I don't know what it's about, and I just, I just can't put my finger on it. And maybe I don't know. Maybe that's the idea. Maybe that is. Maybe that's the idea right there. Maybe that's what it's about. But other than that. <sighs> I don't know. You know, look, I I, I don't really want to see it again. If I'm being honest with you, um, I'm no, that's fair. I'm interested to hear more conjecture, but in general, like, uh, it's it's not my favorite movie of his. That's that's for sure. Um, and the the narrative is just, oof, my lord, all over the yeah. place.
1: I feel like it's about five seconds from hitting like a major streaming service, so i I, I would just think wait. I'm just I think I'm just gonna wait just and wait. not pay for I, it. I mean, um, I will but, say
2: I, I I did want to see it in a the theater because I knew it was going to be big. I wanted to see it on a big screen, so you know, yeah, I did. No, it's totally fair. Um, yeah. But you you can wait to see it at home; you'll be fine.
1: Yeah, um, I'll I'll reserve my criticism, but I appreciate you letting me know that it's crazy and, and <laughs> yeah. long.
2: So. Yeah, it is that for sure.
1: All right. Well, that was what you've been watching, bitch. Maddie brought us 101 Scariest Moments on Shudder under the banner of heaven. Uh, Nope. And
2: once again, one of the best movies of the year, Prey. And Andrew brought us Are You Afraid of the Dark? Ghost Island on Nick at Night or Nickelodeon, Uh, whatever it's called. Um, (laughs) Who Invited Them on Shudder? End of the Road on Netflix and Pretty Little Liars Original Sin on HBO Max. So, folks, take a little break. Uh, Unless you're driving, keep driving. Don't take a break if you're driving. And uh, we'll be right back with our first film, The Fog. John
0: Carpenter's The Fog. This is K.A.B. Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here. And let me be the first to wish Antonio Bay a happy birthday. We're 100 years old today. And keep a watch out for that fog bank heading in from
2: the east 100 years ago between midnight and one something unknown came out of the fog now it has returned
0: oh jesus
2: (laughs) 100 years ago between midnight and one something unnatural came out of the fog
0: now it has returned
2: ago between midnight and one something evil came out of the fog now it has returned
0: Who's there? the fog antonio bay has a curse on it we all cursed
1: oh is it getting foggy in here is it just me maddie tell us all about
2: the fog lock your doors bolt your windows There's something in the fog. Strange things begin to occur as a tiny California coastal town prepares to commemorate its centenary or its 100th anniversary. Inanimate objects spring eerily to life. Reverend Malone stumbles upon a dark secret about the town's founding. Radio announcer Stevie witnesses a mystical fire. And hitchhiker Elizabeth discovers the mutilated corpse of a fisherman. Then a mysterious iridescent fog descends upon the village and more people start to die. The Fog was directed by John Carpenter, written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, produced and distributed by Avco Embassy Pictures, Stevie played by Adrian Barbeau, Elizabeth played by Jamie Lee Curtis, Kathy played by Janet Lee. What a cast already. Mr. Mockin played by John Houseman. Nick played by Tom Atkins. Dick by James Canning. Dan by Charles Cyphers. Sandy by Nancy Keys. Uh, Father Malone by Hal Holbrook. What a what a role for him. Bennett played by John Carpenter. And Mrs. Corbett's played by Regina Waldron. Uh, the Fog is rated R. It is 89 minutes long. Thank you. Uh, made in the USA, in and around Los Angeles, specifically around the point Reyes lighthouse, uh, released January 31st, 1980 was made for just a million dollars and it grossed 21 and a half way back then. So it was sort of a low budget movie when you think about it. Uh, but it, it made that money back as usual. John Carpenter made magic. Um, this is not our first watch, Andrew. Um, so tell me about, uh, about the fog. So I do want to go back to your description
1: where it says Elizabeth discovers a mutilated corpse where I thought you were going to say Elizabeth discovers Tom Atkins body (laughs) (laughs) because she falls right from hitchhiking into his car into his bed within 12 minutes. (laughs) Oh, yeah um no okay so the fog um i will say that the fog was one that i had to come into later in life yeah um it was not one of the ones of john carpenters that i saw early i definitely saw the thing and i definitely saw halloween very early on in my sure. like horror repertoire but for some reason the fog got missed by me so i only Share a relationship with the fog, probably going back about 15 years, I would say. Okay, sure. Um, But I I, I really do like it. I, I love that we see essences of what John Carpenter will do in the fog and kind of homages to what he he's already done before yeah. the fog um I, I will especially call out the score i think that the score of the movie Score's is fantastic is, it, it's a, it's essential listening yeah um in, in my book and i i really do think that's where john carpenter not only as a director but also succeeds as a composer because i just think so so, so much of his music resonates with horror fans oh big time just you, you you hear it and you're like ah oh, that I don't I don't know it it you're immediately he, in spooky season has, no matter he what time he
2: I mean how how can you hear bump up bum, 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 and and not immediately know what it's from and immediately remember the movie like you just yeah you can't get away from it.
1: Um, So, my highlights of the movie, I I think that it's very interesting that, once again, we have Tom Atkins as a sex symbol two times in a row on our show because we just watched uh, The the Creeps the last episode. Um, um, we open with an Edgar Allan Poe quote that says, mm. is all that we see or seem, but a dream within a dream, which mm. I thought was very interesting to open the film with. Um, we once, as, as you stated, we are celebrating the centennial of, of, uh, what is it, Antonio Bay? Antonio Bay. Um, I, I love Adrian Barbeau and in our That's trivia, so it good. says in our trivia, it says that this is actually her first film that she's ever done. She did a lot of TV before this, but this was actually her first huh. film. I didn't realize that. I guess um, we see once again John Carpenter and Deborah Hill get back together from from Halloween, which is great to see. You know, you're going to get something quality um, after that. Oh, fuck I, yeah! I, I think what what really succeeds for me in this film, and and we'll continue to talk about this in our next film too, is that just the character dynamic of this kind of small town is done so well. Like you feel like, you know, you you feel like you've lived here. You know what I mean? I agree. Like, you know, these people, like, you know, like, uh, you know, like the, the radio person that's Delilah, you know what I mean? For us, like, you know, like, you know, um, and for people that don't know Delilah, you know what you're missing I kind of fell asleep <laughs> I fell asleep to delilah many a times in my youth um but um i don't know i think that that's where this really succeeds i do think that there are some things that i'm still unsure of why i'm just like put a big question mark on and and most of it is around the the first kind of um quote-unquote visit from like the the specters yeah and i i, I don't and really this, understand
2: uh, the, 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 just to pause there for a moment the specters are incredible
1: yeah, yeah. Well, so the initial visit from them is they kind of just cause havoc in the town, yeah. like they they like make people's uh car alarms go off and they they make the telephones ring and like <laughs> yeah. I, there there's even a thing, there's even a a, a a scene where they're at a gas station and they jack up a car, they pour gasoline all over the gas station which I'm not I'm not going to say that I'm sure on this, but I want to say that's the same gas station as Halloween 3 because it looks hmm. identical. Could be. Sure. Um, but nothing ever happens with any of this. Like, it's almost like, I don't know if it's supposed to be meant as like a warning or like, I, I was expecting like, hey, we're pouring gasoline over this, all over this stuff. Now we're going to set it on fire. But yeah, sure. Never do. Um, so I, I, I think that that's meant to be like a warning that they're coming. And that, that first night, they only have an hour. I think that it goes from like 12 to mid... Or, I'm sorry, 12 to 1 o'clock. Um, and then everything's kind of done. But overall, I, I, I still really enjoy this movie. I think it's actually one of John Carpenter's more original stories. Yeah. Um, and I, I do like the idea of like a town that's cursed because of its founders that they did something. Yeah, I sure. think that that's like really, really cool and really like spooky. You know, we love We love a lore story. Like that's like our yeah. jam. Like we like that local stuff. So this like plugs right into that. that. And then when you learn, it's funny. When I was thinking about this movie, um, going into it, I thought that they were pirates. Like that's just like in my brain that yeah. they were pirates, um, because they have like they have like sabers and whatnot. But no, it's actually a village of lepers, not um, pirates. Yeah, not, they, not criminals,
2: but a, but a secret third thing.
1: Yeah. Um. So yeah, I enjoy this movie. Um. I, I have some other comments that we can get into. Um, but Maddie, what are your initial thoughts on the fog?
2: I mean, yeah, I, I I agree. you know, look i I think that you're you we're probably hard pressed to find people um who like horror that are not fans of the fog. And if you're not a fan, I don't I really wouldn't understand why. Um it, it's it's it is it's just a classic of of the genre. I think that it 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 further just cemented John Carpenter exactly where we know he belongs, which has which is a, a master of the genre, truly. It, it's interesting to look back and see, because I'm just looking like looking at the Wikipedia page right now, for example, um, that the that the critical response was was not great when it came out. Um it wasn't awful, but it certainly wasn't great either. Um, but I mean isn't that sort of how it happens with these kind of things right like yeah I mean, it's the
1: same thing as the thing though the thing came sure. out and everybody hated it and now right. it's like applauded
2: it as like the best horror movie of all times so. yeah I mean like, and how can you not like the thing like the thing has just in, you know a, a book where that that's another movie for another time um which also you know what the thing would have maybe worked for for this uh, episode too now that I think about it um anyways you, you know look i I think it's great it, it it succeeds at creating atmosphere that few other directors are able to to make happen and you know part of that is just naturally because the movie's called the fucking fog right i mean like if you don't have good fog you're, you're probably failing right from the beginning um but we do and and uh look it's, it's got a cast that would you know just like clean anyone else up for god's sake i mean not only is there jamie lee but there's also janet lee you know yeah, there's crazy. adrian barbeau there's tom atkins there's there's hal holbrook i mean Just on down the line, it's incredible. And you know, like we've already discussed, you've got Deborah Hill in there again, writing as well. Um, You know, just right off the back of one of the most incredible horror films that at that time had ever been made. Thinking about Halloween, right? Um, You know, there's something interesting, um, Andrew. And not to um, Andrew, you you have a comment that I want to bring up right away. It's it's on our worksheet. You said that this one feels older than Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, tell me about that because I, I I agree with you. Tell tell me about that.
1: Yeah, I I just feel like in the way that it's filmed, and maybe because it is low budget, um, we know now that it's only a million dollars. But it, in learning in the uh, commentary that they filmed it in Panavision, so it yeah. feels it's low budget, but it feels not low budget. And feels you can big. Kind of see that. Yeah. Um. It, to me, like, just I don't know, like it it. The way that it was, maybe it's the low budget, or maybe it's the way that it's filmed, or maybe that it has a little bit more supernatural stuff behind it. It just felt older than Halloween. Yeah. And I thought it actually came out before Halloween, but in fact, it did come out a couple years later. A couple after years after, Halloween. yeah. Two years after. Um, So, yeah, it just like the style of it, it felt... Older, it felt like a '70s movie to me. It didn't feel
2: like it, it, an '80s movie. It, it, I don't know. How, what were your thoughts on that? I I agree with you. I, I I you know I I came to the fog uh came to the fog later too, kind of like you, right? Um, you know when when I was much younger, my favorite horror films were just like you know The Exorcist and Halloween, basically, which I just watched on a rotation because we didn't have the internet back then, kids. Um, so like that's just all that I had, you know. And then I, I do remember like getting like a, a copy of the thing that was, um, that was like a, a, like ripped from a, fr- from like a television, you know what I mean? R- yeah, r- yeah. Yeah. Uh, not ripped, recorded. God, I can't, we can't even think of the words anymore. <laughs> um, but you know what? We had that. I didn't come to the fog until much, much later, um, when, when streaming was finally a thing and I, I just loved it. And, um, so yeah, I, I think in the same way that, that, you know, for you, we, we didn't have the, the chronological benefit of of feeling when this came out obviously we weren't even alive yet yeah um, but it does it does feel that way it feels like it came out before halloween and it's not that it it's less realized i mean there's nothing that john carpenter does that isn't realized right i mean all of his films are replete is the word that i would use i love that word um they are replete and they are finished And, you know, in the same way that I think Halloween was replete and uh, honestly, there never needed to be another sequel after that. It would have been fine after part one. Yeah. Um, In the same way that the thing is incredibly replete. I mean, my God, talk about a, a completely realized vision of true horror. That is a movie that does it. And then you've got the fog, which does it too um from from the set to the actors to to the way that things sound to the way that things look to the way that things feel or maybe even smell sometimes um you know you 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 feel like you're at this at this town you feel like you're in Antonio Bay you feel like yeah. you're there so much that you can almost smell it and you can you can almost like really feel the fog around you and that's something that not everyone can do um and I don't know how many modern I shouldn't say modern. Contemporary directors are, are really capable of the things that John Carpenter was capable of back then. You know, in in this case, what? How long ago was this? Nineteen eighty is how many years ago, Andrew? Forty-two. Uh, yeah, yeah. God, yeah. forty-two years ago—that's a lot. And and
1: with such a low budget too. I mean, what, a million that's, dollars—that's
2: nothing. Yeah,
1: um, you—that would be unheard of today. I spent um, a,
2: I spent a million dollars today. Do you understand? <laughs> wow, and that, and that was just on ordering food. Got that's it. Much so more rich like, than I thought. Well, no, listen. <laughs>
1: Um, so uh, I do want to call out a couple of different yes, people in this movie. Um, I think that my favorite dynamic is between Sandy and Kathy, the uh, the the lead kind of head councilwoman and her assistant. I think Janet that Lee. I think that they're hilarious together. I think <laughs> that they when. Are. Are. <laughs> When Janet Lee is like, only people, uh, only people like you make "yes, ma'am" sound like "screw you," and she just says <laughs> "yes, ma'am." <laughs> I, I, I love that. I just think that their dynamic is really good. And honestly, it had been a long time since I watched The Fog, so I did not remember who dies in it. And I was yeah. like, please don't kill either of them. Like, I, I need them to live. <laughs> um, I, I do think I want to call out um, um, Father Malone. I think that he plays like a very interesting character, being oh, yeah. a alcoholic um, priest. Um, Sounds and they like most of them
2: that I know, quite frankly.
1: Well, and it's just interesting because it's it's played off in the way that the whole town knows that he's like kind of like off his rocker, if sure. you will. Um, but they kind of just like put up with it, which is yeah. a very interesting dynamic if you think of Catholicism and and the time um, and just like what was going on and what we know now. Um, I think the dynamic between Elizabeth and um Nick is insane. Yeah, <laughs>
2: big time she
1: she literally is a hitchhiker that gets picked up, <laughs> and then literally is in his bed fifteen minutes later, and then fifteen minutes <laughs> later after that she's on like all his escapades with what him. a life, what a life. Um, I I do love that we do get the classic Jamie Lee Curtis scream in this because uh-huh. she just has she has that scream that you just like. You, you know it's her you know what i mean like it's, that's what it's what she gets paid for um i did find it interesting that in the original cut of the movie that scene with the cadaver was not there uh which huh. i do which i do think is one of the weirder scenes where the cadaver gets up and walks across this yeah, sure. uh, walks across the room and then draws a three on the floor um for basically saying like three more people need to die to like Uh, absolve the curse uh, or whatever Um, but they don't ever like the coroner and Nick were both out in the hallway and they come in and neither of them make a really big deal that a corpse just walked across the room (laughs) 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 um, Andrew I just had a corpse walk across the room right now oh fun Um, did it have a scalpel in its hand and did it write anything on
2: the floor no (laughs) no unfortunately no
1: my favorite thing between Elizabeth and Nick uh, is when she gets in his his vehicle and her, the first thing she says is, "Can I ask you something?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." and she's like, "Are you weird?" <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and i was like yeah i guess the, the hitchhiking in the 80s i guess or i guess at that time would be in the late 70s um was something that's that's weird but i i think that it's funny that he basically says like oh yeah i'm weird and you and uh then she says oh you're my 13th ride and then he <laughs> says oh that's pretty unlucky and then literally his windows burst open. oh my god <laughs>
2: it's absolutely insane
1: Um, But yeah, I think that um, all the special effects are done really well in this. I think that we get just enough of the lepers. Um, And I I only say lepers because that's how they describe them in the movie. Um, But I think that they do them such good justice with leaving them in shadow just enough to where you can't see too much, but you see just enough to make it super spooky. And that one with the red glowing eyes when it finally happens, Ooh, that is uh, spooky,
2: yeah. spooky
1: bits. Um, the one complaint I have is that I think they did Mrs. Cobritz, the babysitter, wrong. I don't know why she had to be one of the ones that died. I felt really bad for her because all she was trying to do was protect uh, <laughs> the, the, the little boy. Um, And I think that they just really did her dirty. And so justice for Mrs. Corbett's.
2: <laughs> you know, as as we've been doing with, with other films on, on previous episodes, I've, I've really enjoyed sort of highlighting some of the reviews on Letterboxd of which I am a pro member. When are you going to sponsor us Letterboxd, huh? Um, anywho, uh, there, there's a couple good ones here that I'll, I'll tell you. There's one from Jamel Bowie. I believe that's the last name, Bowie. Um, and uh, they gave it three and a half stars. And they said, sensing a theme with these early carpenters. Basically, there is no way a place and its people can escape the transgressions of the past, whether institutional violence, like assault on Precinct 13, Trauma, Halloween, or an outright crime, the fog. Hmm. Isn't that interesting to think about? Yeah. There's another one oh, like um, from Karsten, four stars, who says, pretty much exactly what you'd expect out of a John Carpenter movie about fog. I thought that was funny. <laughs> I, enjoyed, I enjoyed that one. Yeah. Um, and, oh, here's a good one um, from Patrick Will, uh, Patrick Willems, three stars and says how to make this movie great. Make the setup of the town half as long and the ghost pirate invasion twice as long. Oh, <laughs> see pirates again. See? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I mean, look, they look like pirates. I, I think if if that's if that's one criticism that we can give it. I mean, they do look kind of piratey. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, look, if, if we see sailors, ghosts coming out of the sea, everyone's going to think it's probably a pirate in one way or another. Right. Um, there were a few people, uh, that we know, um, off of, off of ye old Twitter who, who had a couple of things to say about it. Calvin Dyson is a big James Bond fan. You should, you should follow him on Twitter. Calvin's a kid. He's, he's a nice kid. Um, three and a half stars. Calvin says really solid cast, brilliantly dark cinematography, super eerie vibe, carry this particularly when the story perhaps meanders in places. It doesn't quite coalesce as satisfyingly as you might hope. Music is phenomenal, though. Might well be my favorite John Carpenter score. Yeah, I would agree. That's a really big thing to say, just considering, you know, the sort of like the the classic nature of all the sounds that you hear from John Carpenter. Um, So some interesting stuff there. Uh, Another little factoid that I love about this movie, is uh so john carpenter it's not credited but he plays a character named bennett tramer you know what i put in my notes was that was that jc yeah (laughs) yeah, i I literally have that and so so um i mean if 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 tramer sounds familiar from halloween it should um because uh ben tramer is laurie strode's potential love interest that they talk about in um in halloween so it's kind of fun to see you know a little bit of a little bit of the john carpenter universe make it over into uh his other films as well. There's um, yeah, a yeah. really interesting factoid about, I guess, Adrian Barbeau had to do her whole finale scene in reverse without blinking, uh, based on how they had to film the fog rolling in.
1: Yeah. So I read uh, in an interview that she did was because of the way that they produced, like the actual, like non CGI fog, uh-huh. that they they couldn't roll it in; they could only suck it out. Oh my god, it's crazy. So, they had to do it in reverse so that whole scene where she's on top of the lighthouse was all done in reverse and he told her he told her you can't blink because that'll look weird in reverse (laughs) so she had to do that without blinking which i thought was just insane god how do you one other thing that i one other quote that just like really struck me and is kind of like i think like the coalescence of the entire movie is when Adrienne Barbeau is noticing the fog and she knows that there's something in the fog Mm -hmm. and what's happening with the town. And she says into her microphone to the ships that can hear me look into the darkness, look and look for the fog. And I was just like, that's the movie right there. Like in, in, in an essence, that's the movie. Um, But yeah, I just uh, overall, I had so much fun revisiting this movie had been a while since I see I have seen it. I think we're always going to have some weird nostalgia for this kind of, I'd say 1975 to 1985, like style of movie, especially with John Carpenter. Um, So we're probably we're probably a little um, nostalgic for it. So that might be reflected in our in our scores. Um, but overall, I just think it's a solid movie with an A-list cast. I mean, when are, when did did we ever get any movie with Janet Lee and and um, and uh, her daughter Amy Lee it uh, together? I, I don't even know. I don't like, think so. Um, so just that in and of itself, I mean, you're going to see John Carpenter uh, reuse these people and. I, I just I always appreciate a director. I think we're seeing it in modern day with some of our other directors that like to use the same people in their movies. It it just shows like a testament to like committing to actors and committing to yeah. different people that I don't think that we see too often. Um we're starting to see a little bit of a renaissance with it. Um, with like Bloomhouse using like, you know, the conjuring people in a lot of, of different things and and whatnot. But it just it it's a weird um outset of the old uh, studio system um that we don't really see a lot today which like going back this isn't even studio system time but john carpenter i think just knew and had trust in these people that he could reuse again and again in in different roles and i just it it makes me so happy to watch the fuck. so tell me tell me what you gave it so i gave the fog i'm gonna give it a five um only because when i think of other movies in john uh, carpenter's caliber i would rate them higher than this uh and maybe we'll get to those at some point in in our in our uh repertoire but um overall i said i love the atmosphere of the sleepy small town but i feel like i remembered more people dying which I, there's only six people that die, and I was like, I thought there was more. But huh. um, it feels some like we said, it feels somehow older than Halloween, and we kind of discussed that. But John Carpenter honestly still delivers with a killer score and a really fun story. So totally. I gave it
2: a five. Love that. it. I gave it five and a half. Um, and i basically already said it, but it's it's a classic that just further cements Carpenter as a master of the genre. I love this movie. Um, also, Andrew, by the way, Janet Lee and Jamie Lee were in H two O together. That's the other movie. Oh yeah, I just remember. Maybe,
1: maybe we'll get to that movie. Um, yeah. um, and and if you're new to the show, sorry, we should have mentioned this up front, but uh, we judge on a seven stripe scale, so. Kind of go back and figure that out, uh, <laughs> and it's based on the uh, the seven stripes of that gay old rainbow that we love. So that does it for the fog. We will take our quick break and be right back with the mist.
0: Whoa, mom,
1: dad, you gotta come see the boardhouse is so You just gotta come, come on.
0: Whoa. Having spoken, the Doomsayer departs. Why don't you get Billy dressed? I'll take him into town with him. Hit the store before it gets all bought out. How would you folks hold up in the storm? Big insurance day. Sorry to hear that. What's going on? It's death. something in the mist shut the doors shut the doors the only way we're going to help ourselves is to seek rescue tie this around your waist or four let us know you got at least 300 feet there's nothing out there nothing in the mist what if you're wrong then i guess that joke would be on me It is time to take sides. Read the good book. It calls for blood. Guys, I hear something. Are those bugs? Not like any I've ever seen. Whoa. The entire front of this store is plain glass.
1: with up there i thought that there were other dimensions they wanted to try and make a window
0: well maybe your window turned out to be a door oh, no!
2: it's i'm not crying but i do feel a little misty right now andrew tell us about the mist belief divides them
1: mystery surrounds them but fear changes everything after a violent storm a dense cloud of mist envelops a small main town trapping artist david drayton and his five-year-old son in a local grocery store with many other people they soon discover that the mist conceals deadly horrors that threaten their lives and worse their sanity directed and written by frank darabont based on the stephen king novella uh, the production company was dimension films and mgm david is played by thomas jane mrs Carmody is played by Marsha gay harden amanda is played by laurie holden brent is played by andre brower Ollie is played by Toby Jones. Jim is played by William Sadler. Dan is played by Jeffrey DeMunn. Irene is played by Frances Sterhagen. Billy is played by Nathan Gamble. Private Jessup is played by Sam Witwer. And Woman at Home with Kids, yes, that's her given title in oh my goodness gracious. the credits, is played by Melissa McBride. Rated R, this comes in at 126 minutes. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, made in the USA in and around Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, was released on November twenty first of two thousand seven. A budget of eighteen million with a gross of about sixty fifty seven point five to be exact. Maddie, tell me about your experience
2: going through the mist. So I, I definitely saw the mist before, but uh, but I don't really remember when. It, it would have maybe even been back then. Right. Yeah, and I I wasn't thinking very deeply about it then, and I I was much younger then. Of course, I mean it was two thousand seven. I watched The Mist this weekend, and like I, so I just want to preface this by saying I'm in a bit of an emotional place right now. And if you follow me on Twitter, you probably know why. But I've been through a little thing, and I just my brain is kind of all over the place. And so I may be just like a little bit more like predisposed to darkness right now, if you will. (laughs) Um, But I will tell you this. I think that this movie is brilliant. Mm -hmm. And I think that this movie is about, um, I actually put it on Twitter today. And what did I say it was about? I said that this this movie is, I'm going to find it right now. Andrew, give me a second. The mist is about the utter pointlessness of life. The trappings of finitude And our inability to exist as anything but beasts in this grand cosmic nightmare of living. That is what this movie is about, in my opinion. Wow. It it hit me really hard. And, um, like, look, here's the basic setup, right? You got this town. It's in, you know, classic Stephen King country. It's, you know, it's by Castle Rock. What is the name of the what is the name the name of the town? I, I forget. Uh
1: I don't have it written down actually. Nah, it doesn't
2: really it doesn't matter. Whatever. It's it's a town I have the by, Arrowhead project. Right? Man, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's it's a town by Castle Rock, like most of the the stories are, right? Um so there's this this town and there's this little family and there's a storm that that happens on, you know, at their lake house or at their house. And you know shit happens, and when they go outside the next morning, they look at all the damage and everything, and oops, there's a huh, there's a mist coming in off the mountain and down into the lake, and they've never seen this happen before. And of course, all of a sudden, strange things start to happen. Um, there was a big storm, so the power went out, and you know people's this happened, that happened. The phones are down, so they have to go to the shop to go get groceries and you know supplies because all the food is going bad and all of this kind of thing. While they're at the shop. Um, a man who also lives there runs into the store because the mist is coming their way, and he has blood on his face. And he says that the mist came around somebody that he was with, and then took the person away. And so he runs into the store, and he gets them to close the doors. And you know, this chaos ensues from that point out from from the movie. Um, it, it's it's a it's a film that is about creatures right? Mm-hmm. Because what happens is, um, uh, and it, it's almost ancillary, to be honest with you, like the logic behind how these creatures happen to appear on earth. But forgive me if I'm wrong here, Andrew, what what happens is that like the the military scientists at the Arrowhead Project accidentally open a portal to another world. Am I correct yeah. here? Right. Yeah. Yep, yep. And yep. then these, these crazy fucking creatures that Cthulhu are Cthulhu gig- creatures. Yeah. yeah. Like to- that, that, that's a good way to, to, to put it. It total Cthulhu, total Lovecraft. Like these creatures are fucked up and they are, they are scary. They appear and they, they, they wreak havoc and they cause damage and they kill everybody basically. Um, so, you know, that, that happens. And, and that's a big part of the movie but it's almost ancillary. It's almost like it didn't even – it could have been anything. It could have been gigantic blocks. It could have been a fucking huge clown and and other smaller clowns. It, it doesn't really yeah. matter. The, the point is, is that these people are trapped, and they have to deal with the fact that humans are fucked up. They're very, yeah. very fucked up. People and are the real horror. <laughs> they are the real horror. And we are only hanging on in society by a thread, by a tiny – Thin thread that is fraying every single day, and you better hope that something like this doesn't happen because if it does, you're gonna see just how awful human beings really are, just what creatures we really are, just what beasts we are and we find this throughout most of 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 what of what occurs within this microcosm of a shop and you find society being built and you have got Marcia Gay Harden as this like profit kind of person and God, you know, this is this, like one of her best performances oh, in my opinion <laughs> she, she's she's fantastic and and that's just the thing i think everyone in this film does a really great job um and it deals with things that you don't expect it to deal with and Look, what, what, what happens basically is if you leave the shop, you're probably going to get killed, right? Because the creatures are huge and they're bad as fuck and they, they're going to get you. And so that's just how it is. And, um, eventually some people get out, right? And let's just cut to the chase, Andrew. Let's just cut to the fucking chase. They eventually get out and they leave the shop behind after a whole lot of shit that we can go into in a moment. Yeah. But it ends up being a truck with a dad his wife and his kid. No, not his wife. She, he I just met not her. His, not his wife, pardon me. Not, not his wife. Um, but, but his kid is certainly there. And in the backseat are, you know, two older people that are really great in the film. We, God, we like when
1: she, when she throws that can of peas at
2: Mrs. Oh, Carmody. It's, it's amazing. It's my favorite. It's amazing. So, you know, they're in the car and they're out of gas. And the creatures are all around them. And they know there's nothing left for them. And
1: so Well, it echoes back to a discussion that he has with his child yeah. earlier in in the movie where basically the, the little boy says, hey, can you promise me just one thing? Just promise me one thing. And the dad, uh, you know, played by Thomas Jane is, you know, he's like, of course, what is it? And He's like, don't ever let the monsters get me. And so that, whew, I'm a little teary eyed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so,
2: so, so what he has to do is he has a gun and there are six people in the car right? He five. has, no, there's uh one, two, three, there's five, pardon me. There's five people yeah. in the car and there's only four fucking bullets. And so he has to kill all of them because he knows that if they go outside, they're going to die anyway, but it's going to be a lot worse. Yeah. So he kills his kid, kills the woman, kills the two <laughs> old people that we love. And he's just screaming at the wheel, just screaming. I mean, how could you not? Brilliant performance by Thomas Jane. And, and, and then, and then, and then, and then he gets out of the car and he hears something, which maybe it's a monster. He's going to die. No, it's the army coming to save them. And I'll tell you, I went for a walk today after I watched this movie. And I just thought about that and I thought about that and I thought about how life is just a joke. It's a joke. And this movie illuminates it maybe better than any horror film I've ever seen before.
1: Yeah, no, I would agree with you. This is—I um, mean, I'll state it again in my final thoughts. But this is one of the most devastating movies I've ever seen. Um, because once again, we create this world that you—and the world really is only within the supermarket. Like that's mm-hmm. like what, what what we have, and. The whole the world is kind of, I don't know, created within this like super chasm of like just the supermarket because we have like the people that think they're too good for people they we have the people that think that the people that think they're too good are too good. And it's there's like a whole society that lives like in this little supermarket within the movie and you kind of see how they how they develop through it throughout the whole entire thing yeah. with various um strifes that that happened to them um i i there this movie does such a good job of making you care about the characters and literally just ripping them out of your out of your hands exactly. At, exactly. At, at, at the end of the day i the one that was the most surprising for me um and, and it happens actually pretty early on in the movie but um the cashier um that she oh
2: yeah god it's so sad they,
1: they they build her up to be like a big character she even has a romance with private jessup and like they have this whole like love story um that they were high school and that they were in high school together and he never asked her out and they have a kiss and like you you think that she's like gonna be one of the main characters at the end of the day and during that first scuffle with those uh bug creatures she gets stung and literally like goes into cardiac arrest or whatever, whatever happens to her, but she she dies and you're like, Holy shit. Like there's like, there's bigger stakes here than I thought. You know what I mean? Like, and it's then again, echoed by the realtor woman that kills herself by taking pills because she couldn't protect the little boy. And she feels so guilty that she takes her own life. And it's just like, what am I watching? Like, because I like, Going into this, and honestly, for the first, I don't know, 30 minutes, you kind of feel like you're watching like, oh, this is going to be like a fun Stephen King romp. Yeah. And then like it, it it slowly just devolves into this wasteland of human of, of humanity <laughs>
2: I, that's um, that's a great way to explain that truly
1: um but i just think and i wrote in my notes i said the quietness of this movie is really unsettling because yeah. the only time that there's really a score is when the monsters are there any other time there are these moments where they just fade to black and they like come back into a scene where you're like oh i feel very weird like i feel not right, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it, it screws with your emotions that way, and that's—I mean—I think that that's a testament to what Frank Darabont did with with this movie and what he would continue to do with the earlier seasons of The Walking Dead. Um, I'm not going to say anything about the later seasons of The Walking Dead, but sure, those sure. first couple of seasons of The Walking Dead are devastating just like this movie. So I think he gets the human condition, like he gets it. He he just has a inherent way of knowing. I I, I will echo into what um, I put in my notes is that when that siren goes off, when they're Mm -hmm. initially in the the mist and they're in the supermarket and those, what we would call in Chicago, those tornado sirens go off, that sound just makes my whole body go insane like it's it is a instant reaction with inside of me that says like you are in danger so like that putting that in there just like makes me so gross and um you know we even get I I didn't remember him at the end going back and seeing his wife dead. Um, And I I forgot that whole thing. I thought that they just kind of went on and you didn't know the outcome of of the wife. And the way that he is devastated where he said, like, I told her I would fix that window because that's obviously where the creatures got in was through the broken window. um, Is just the whole thing is just... I'm sorry. Like, I'm really sorry. I wouldn't have recommended this movie if I would have known you were going through uh, such a a devastating week because this movie...
2: Accents that devastation. No, no, a I, I'll, lot. <laughs> I'll I'll tell you what. Actually, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. And I, I, you know, look, I I don't shy away from these types of things, right? And you know, just for I'll just tell people so that they understand. Like, I went through like a, a like a. It's I don't want to call it a breakup because we weren't dating that long, but look, it was it, there were there were feelings. It was good. It was nice, and then it had to end. I'll leave the reasons out of it. I wasn't really angry about it or or, or annoyed. I, I really wasn't. I was actually just really sad. And I was also taking a medication that I didn't realize one of the side effects is like super increased depression. And it, I was in a pretty dark place. Um, I'm done taking it now and I'm feeling a little bit better, but you know, you know how it goes. Anywho, thinking about watching a movie like this at that time, right? I think it's actually good because you have to look it in the face. You do yeah no, and, I get that. And, and you know, it's it's like the 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 siren that gives you shivers, right? That siren is a call. it's a, it's almost like it's almost like a call to prayer in in one way or another. Eventually, at one point in your life, you're going to have to wrestle with the questions in this movie. Not with, not with creatures flying around you. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> unlikely to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you won't be stuck in a supermarket with you know, dealing with you know, a crazy profit bitch who's you know, going nuts. But the questions that arise out of this movie, out, out of this story about what does it mean to be alive? What does it mean to be alive with other people? And how do we somehow find a way to make sense of this reality? And I think that most of the people who listen to our show are either atheist or agnostic, one of the two. And if you take that out of it, you take God out of it, you take morality out of it, you take whatever out of it, then what is the point? You know what I mean? And that's that's the question that every human has to answer for themselves. And some yeah, people, and some with. people will answer it through God, like Mrs. Carmody did. Some people will answer it through you know drugs or alcohol, or they will do it through sex, or they will do it. Through, I mean, any number of things, right? But answering the fundamental question of why not why you're not even why you're here, Andrew, why do you choose to stay here? That's the yeah, question. No. Yeah. And I, I mean I mean look, we're talking about a fucking We're talking about a 2007 Stephen King film. Yeah. But look at how incredible, how deeply moving and how disturbing.
1: Yeah. It is. It's one of those movies that you don't necessarily want to watch again, but you're glad that you watched it. Like With, if that makes doubt. any I mean, sense. I
2: I honestly I you know I rented it cuz I it wasn't streaming anywhere for me. Um but I kind of wish I had just bought it. Because at some yeah. point, I, I actually I, I do want to watch it again. Were, were you able to stream it or did you have to rent it?
1: Uh, this is on Netflix for us.
2: So. Oh, okay. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. Um, so just going back to a couple of things just before we kind of wrap things up with yeah, the movie yeah, okay. that I want to hit on about this. Because I think we talked a lot about like the... Uh, the meaning behind the movie and what it meant to us. Um, But I want to talk a little bit about the actual like performance and like a little bit about the movie. But um, I think that Thomas Jane, I think that this is probably his most powerful performance. Yeah. Um, Same with Marsha Gay Harden. I think that she has a repertoire that you can't even touch because she's been like literally in everything and she's great and everything. But I think that her work as Mrs. Carmody here is without a doubt, one of her, one of her best, um, a fully realized character. I would say I, my favorite, my favorite quote is, uh, when, um, uh, what's her, what is her name? Um, when Amanda played by Lori Holden, who we saw, uh, in uh, silent Hill last time we, oh, last time we were I didn't on the show think about that. Um, yeah. Um, when she goes in to check on her in the bathroom, which that bathroom, oh my God, have you not been in fifty million supermarket totally. bathrooms that look exactly it's like without a there's like a mop doubt. in the corner yeah. like <laughs> yeah um i don't know why grocery store bathrooms are so gross but they just always are and they're always like in they, the are, back they, room are, they are they are by the
2: employee they are required <laughs> to be that way that's the law
1: um but my favorite is when she goes to check on her and um she's like you know i'm just i'm just trying to be a friend i'm just trying to be here for you and um mrs Carmody basically says back to her she says the day i need a friend like you all squat huh. and make one and yeah. i was like whoa yeah <laughs> whoa yeah um one of my other favorite quotes in this movie is made by the store manager when he finally goes back and sees the tentacle and they they kind of like finally kill it but he finally has a realization that like yes there is something in the mist he comes out uh and and looks at all the people and he goes um it seems we may have a problem of (laughs) some magnitude here (laughs) i i michael looked at me he's like well that's one way to put it and i was like yeah that's 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 right (laughs) Um, I thought so when in looking at because uh, I I've read a lot of Stephen King. I thought that the Arrowhead Project comes into another Stephen King story, but I couldn't find uh, a a way to link it. I thought it had something to do with Dreamcatcher, but I, I maybe I'm wrong. But if anybody out there knows like how the Arrowhead Project kind of feeds into um the mist like let me know I'd, I'd love to kind of make some connections i love that stephen king plays with his own his own oh like, well lore uh, and according there. to
2: the um the fandom wiki uh it, it, it i guess the arrowhead project is in Firestarter and the Tommyknockers.
1: Oh, that's that's it that is it okay
2: yeah so, so and I, to, tommy knockers too which i remember when tommy knockers came out when i was young and it was a tv Thing, do you do you remember that? Yeah, with Jimmy Smiths. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Smith was in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that, that, it's vaguely familiar. Thinking about that when I think about it,
1: I remember trying to read the Tommy Knockers when I was a kid, and I could not read it.
2: Yeah, um,
1: it was very confusing. I do know that the Tommy Knockers is one of, um, when Stephen King was at his height of addiction. Um, so it, mm, it, interesting. I think that might be one of the ones that he doesn't even remember writing. Oh wow, shit. Um, but uh, it's 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 a thing, but um. Uh, just going back to Mrs. Carmody one more time. I think it was hilarious that as she's giving her final um, kind of uh, sentiment after they find after she finds out that they were trying to sneak away, is that I, I wrote in my notes I was like, "Of course she drinks milk." <laughs> like, <laughs> only a crazy. Per- Sorry for all you milk lovers out there, but you're insane. <laughs> but uh, I also wrote in my notes that this is Stranger Things before Stranger Things. Oh um, yes, without a fucking doubt. Because like of like the portal that you mentioned and like how yeah. creatures come out of it. It just it it reeks of like and obviously Stranger Things, they've made no secret that they pull from a ton of other resources to like make what they make. But it just kind of struck me in, in watching
2: this that this is like, wow, this is kind of like Stranger Things. Now, now Andrew, I, I will tell you one criticism that I have of, of the film. OK, and, yeah, I'd love and, to hear it. And, and it has to do with music. Um, so Mark Isham actually did the music for the movie. Um, and Mark Isham, if you don't know Mark Isham, Mark Isham is, is pretty fucking like profound. He's done, he's done a whole lot of shit. He's Academy Award nominated composer. He's, he's incredible. Um, I don't have a problem with that. I do have an issue with the song that Frank Darabont chose, which is by dead can dance and it's called the host of seraphim. Are you talking it, about the one that happens at the end? The the Wailing song, right? Yeah, I
1: totally agree with you. So
2: like I I think that maybe in 2007, it might have hit right. People would have been like, oh wow. But definitely to my ears now, I'm like, that sounds really foreign all of a sudden. Like it's just well, it, and it comes out of nowhere.
1: The, exactly that's exactly what i was going to say it's not it's unlike any other score that you've heard throughout the movie yeah. and it feels
2: not right it's it's <laughs> and, and and it's not i mean It. and like look it doesn't it's not so bad that it ruined it i mean look you can tell that it, that we love this movie obviously from the way we've gushed over it but that is one thing that i'm definitely like oh i really wish <laughs> you had not chosen that And apparently Darabont chose that because he wanted it to sound like a Requiem mass for the human race. No. And fair enough. Fair enough. But there definitely could have been another way to do that. And he should have just had Mark Isham compose something.
1: But throughout the entire rest of the movie, it like I, like I mentioned earlier, it rests in silence that it comes out of left field, that it doesn't make any sense. I totally agree with you. Um, a couple of things about the movie. um, I know that this movie actually was made in 37 days, which is
2: insane. Really crazy.
1: Um, And I do know that originally Frank Darabon wanted to show this film in theaters in black and white, which I, I know that there's a cut of it that you can see on like, I think the
2: Blu-ray. I want Um, to see that in black and white
1: because he based this whole thing off of kind of like, not only Stephen King's novella but also like War of the Worlds like radio yeah. play type of thing which actually if you go on Audible you can listen to the um the radio play version of this movie Oh, it's wow. actually pretty pretty cool interesting um um and i just you know i i we've kind of talked this movie up a lot i just think that it's it's a modern a more modern masterpiece it, it, i in completely my agree with you opinion. um i know that people are um Kind of down the middle when it comes to the ending. I will tell you that I have read this novella. I forget exactly which Stephen King short. Mm-hmm. I think it's maybe Skeleton Crew or Nightmares and Dreamscapes. I can't okay. remember exactly yeah. which one. Um, it's about a hundred pages, so it's not that long if you do want to read it. Some of the main differences is that the um uh the the main character of David is a little more sexual with Amanda, like he actually does have an affair with her in, in the book. Um, which they don't do in the movie, which I'm hmm. fine with, but it does up the stakes a little bit more. Yeah, sure, like sure, the sure, sure. And at the end of... The, the main difference is the ending, which I will say that Stephen King says that he was genuinely frightened by this adaptation of his novella, and it, Frank Darabon described that he as the happiest moment of his career. So, wow. you know, I think that Stephen King is fine that he changed the ending. The original ending in the book is really them just driving into the mist. Like, oh. they, there's not yeah a this solid, is, this, is, this is way and, better. Oh, this is way better than that ending. oh my god. and um i th- I think that um there's an interesting um <clears throat> there's an interesting uh opinion or a theory on the excuse me, one second <clears throat> there's an interesting theory on uh, the wiki. That says that uh, before David and his group leaves, Mrs. Carmody requests that Billy and Amanda be sacrificed. So the little boy and the quote unquote whore, uh, which I don't know where she's getting whore from in this exact theory, but <laughs> you know that's that's yeah, what yeah, she says sure. in the movie. Yeah. Um, a popular theory by fans is that Mrs. Carmody was actually right, and that Billy's and Amanda's death at the end made the mist and the monsters go away, given uh-huh. that the mist recedes as soon after David kills them. Oh, that's um, so
2: weird! I didn't even think about that. Oh my I, god! I, I don't necessarily subscribe to that theory, no, but it's I, definitely. I don't either, but it, but it's interesting though.
1: Yeah, because I'm never going to say that Mrs. Carmody was the good oh, guy. God, no, <laughs>
2: hell no, hell <laughs> to the no.
1: Um, but yeah, I uh, that that's kind of my thoughts on the mist. It hit me much harder this time around than oh, god, any yeah. other time I've watched it um but yeah i just if i'm going to give any criticism i think you're totally right in the the end score it yeah. definitely comes out of left field um, but my, my initial thoughts uh, was an ensemble cast for the ages. Uh, we never really talked about this, but I will say some of the CGI is a little dodgy because it's 2007. Yeah. But um, I think if I did watch this in black and white, that might not bother me as much. Um, but this still serves as one of the most devastating movies I've literally ever seen. And, you know, I'm going to bump my score up. I'm going to give it a six.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm actually bumping mine up too, Andrew. And I'm putting it to a six and a half which is almost perfect score, which is one of the highest. I, I don't, I don't know if I've given anything else, six and a half. If I'm being honest with you. I can't, I'll have to go back and look. Um, almost perfect score. I, it made me think a lot today. And I hope if you have not seen the movie or if you've seen it and you haven't seen it for a while, you'll watch it again and let it make you think about some things. Um, because the world is a scary place right now and it will be for a very long time. You will have to wrestle with these questions soon. Um, I said, it shouldn't work, but it does. And that works for me. And I said, being a human is dumb and it sucks. And this film subversively tells you all about it.
1: So now that we've depressed you enough, why don't we take (laughs) a a small break and play a little game (laughs) called Slice Left, Slice Right.
0: Okay, early to bed, early to rise makes a woman healthy, wealthy, and wise. That's why you're wiser than me. It's Stephen. Hi, I'm Maurice. I'm an executive by day and a wild man by night. Hi, my name's Monroe. Uh, you've probably already noticed that I have incredibly blue eyes.
1: All right, that is the end of episode 83 of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. But wait, we still have one little game to play. A final game! And that's basically to determine who we would sleep with. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we are going to play our oh, version of God. Tinder called Slice Left, Slice Right. Okay. Maddie, please remind me Slice Right is where I like
2: them. Correct? Yeah, so, so this is our terrifying twist on Tinder, which look, Tinder's terrifying enough but we'll take it a step up for you um if you slice right it means you like them if you slice left it means you don't like them
1: all right so we will start this terrifying game where we determine our sexual preferences <laughs> to um <laughs> nick our returning tom atkins in the fog maddie are you slicing left or are you slicing right ah you know not my type but
2: fuck it i'll slice right i'm single let's go ahead and do it
1: yeah i mean i gotta be honest tom atkins has something about him i, I don't know what it is because he, he's he's not attractive in in my uh in in my like weird right forte but like yes i'm gonna slice right yeah
2: like, why not? i just am he's now, got charisma no. you know now andrew how about david also known as thomas jane the father in the mist
1: Oh, slice right all day long. I mean, come on, it's Thomas Jane and he's playing that daddy energy.
2: You got me, yeah, so I'm gonna have to slice left. We all what? know the no, just hear me out, Andrew, if you would. We all know I'm the daddy energy when it comes to the sexual relationship. I can't have another daddy in the in the bed with me. I can't do it. Ugh, all right
1: I'll, I'll, I'll let you have it finally our our third and last uh is private jessup who is played by sam whitworth that's right really
2: get to that's talk- right <laughs> Slice
1: we right. don't really get to talk much about him but he does have a devastating end in that
2: movie as well he, he, um, he does i mean honestly his death is in the in the ranking of most disturbing things in the movie it's like number three if we're being honest yeah yeah um, definitely slicing right you know i got my shit all over that
1: yeah. Well, I am too. I mean, uh, <laughs> look at him like I'm slicing right. Um, I mean, he was also on the show being human on um, yeah. sci-fi a couple of years ago that I fell in love with and fell in love with his character. So I can't see him any other way. And so, did, yes, you know who, you know right.
2: who he uh, reminded me of, too. He reminded me of um, or I mean, or actually, is he? That's not the same guy, right? Oh, no, he was in Battlestar Galactica. Ah!
0: Huh. That makes I sense. I didn't even
2: realize that. That makes sense. Because when I first saw him, when he came on screen, I was like, wait a minute. Is that the guy from um, from Ted Lasso? J- Jamie. And then I was mm-hmm. like, no, that's not him. That's not him at all. And that's how I know him. He's from Battlestar Galactica. Now it makes sense to me. Got yeah. it. So
1: that does it for our final game of Slice Left, Slice Ooh. Right. A couple of things just to get us closed out of the show. We are part of the Dread Podcast Network. If you're not familiar with the Dread Podcast Network, you can go to dreadcentral.com and see all the great podcasts that are there, including Mick Garris, Kim and Ket, Development Hell and etc. Uh, One more reminder, we are sponsoring Child's Play 2 at the Massacre at the Davis Theater on October 1st. I will be there live passing out pins and Blu-rays and all kinds of stuff, so come and see us. And then also on October 3rd, so just a mere two days later, you can tune into Spotify Live um, at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time where we will be on with Garrett Clayton and his husband on Gay in the Life, which which we and, are super excited
2: about. <laughs> and don't forget to download Spotify Live for that. Um, also, uh, if you want to support our fair podcast, you can do that. You can support Friday the 13th by becoming a patron on Patreon or buying merchandise from us. If you go to our website, Friday Frygay13, 13 that's frygay13.com slash support. Also, we let you know about this in our last episode, but we're really looking forward to our Horror Around the Globe series that we are starting in November. So look forward to that. We're going to go around to different countries in different regions. Um, not travel to them, unfortunately, but we will be taking you there virtually. Uh, and we will uh, review some of the horror films that come from there. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a really fun exploration. Um, also, listen... If you are a listener to our show for the first time, or for you know the last eighty-two episodes before this, if you have not left a review yet, I'm going to ask you, like we always do, to go and do that now. The come best, on, the, exactly. The best way for people to learn about uh, to learn about new podcast is bar none reviews. People trust them; they are looking for them. They want to know if they should listen to something or not. Not matters. a lot of
1: times, if I look at a new podcast to listen to uh-huh. and it only has like ten reviews, I won't yeah. listen to it so, yeah. so I, we need I, I those reviews totally agree.
2: yeah so keep it keep it going like we've got a we've got a wonderful collection of them but we we're looking for yours too so be sure to do that and hey you know what do it for the other podcasts that you listen to absolutely well. yeah now andrew also i've got one more thing to say and um it's really just a it's really just a, a thing that i want i want everyone to do and that is uh to get, get slayed, slayed.
0: for listening to the Dread Podcast Network.